Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome, welcome to the best of the Joe Show, where we run back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. We do it weekdays from 6 to 7 p.m. here in Miami and around the world. So thank you for joining us. Our downloading the podcast on our website, wqam.com, at the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free. That's basically how much I work for, absolutely free. But I do it because I love it, and I love to hang out with you. You're going to love this episode because we are covering some of the big stuff, like the upcoming draft, doing some scouting with those seniors, not to mention Super Bowl halftime, J-Lo, our vanilla ice, plus family dog birthday parties, finally, Phone calls, phone calls, phone calls from fans. But right now, let's dive into some headlines. The Bears pounded the Redskins last night 31-15. The Dolphins, who lost to Dallas this past weekend 31-6, look to improve Sunday at 1 against the Chargers here in Miami. Jaron Williams has been named the ACC Rookie of the Week for the second consecutive week. The Canes have an open date Saturday, then take on Virginia Tech in two weeks. Jorge Alfaro's two home runs and five RBIs powered the Marlins past the Mets 8-4 yesterday. The two play again tonight in New York at 7-10. The Kansas University basketball program is facing a bevy of possible NCAA violations, including lack of institutional control. They have 90 days to respond to those accusations. The Canes began their season October 5th against another team that recently faced violations, the Louisville Cardinals. Tonight at 7, the Panthers play their first home preseason game against the Lightning. Listen to all their regular season games here on 560 The Joe WQAM. Reports say Andre Iguodala will remain a Grizzly for now, but the team is looking to trade him. Also, the Heat remain in talks with OKC over Chris Paul. Trade deadline is February 6th, and the season kicks off with the Heat taking on the Grizzlies here in MIA October 23rd. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A Newport Ritchie man recently led police on a low-speed car chase after running a red light. He was charged with his fifth DUI. Hey, I know things happen, but you should see his mugshot on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. It's like, smile, Florida man, you're going to jail. Futuristic toilets have debuted in Japan. The dirty business seats offer up 15 different automated options like seat warming and various flushing methods. They basically do everything for you except move your bowels. Now on to weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast calls for cloudy skies with temperatures around 80. Visit Hylia Park Casino every Saturday and win your share of $10,000 in giveaways. John's all day long and it's free to enter. Visit HyliaPark.com for more details. Every morning, I get a double shot of Joe. I get some coffee because it helps me wake up. But I also listen to the Joe Rose Show weekdays from 6 to 10. Earlier today, he was joined by Jim Nagy. This guy gave us the scoop on some college prospects. For example, they first talked about Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I don't think that's going to be available in the draft. That's just going to be something you can snack on. 
They asked, is Tua Tops the Dolphins' pass rushing future and the top senior overall? Jim Nagy going to join us. He's the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. And also, you see him on ESPN all the time, uh, talking about it's college. great candy to start with. Well, though. I mean, that's where I was going to go from. Yeah, yeah. The, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup's number one candy in America. <laughs> uh, besides that, let's bring on Jim, talk a little uh, scouting, because we have a lot of scouting to do down here for the Miami Dolphins. Well, he's going to spend, uh, Jim's going to spend a lot of time with our coaching staff here in the offseason. Jim, can we have the coaching staff coach both both sides of it, not just one? Is that possible? <laughs> Good morning, guys. I appreciate you having me on. No, I, just one team. All, all you get is one team. All right. Well, listen, uh, first of all, we wanted to uh, go ahead. You want you want go well, ahead. First of all, I know from a year ago that you were high on Daniel Jones. And a lot of guys, listen, when he got drafted sixth, I was at a draft party with some, it was all Dolphin fans, but there were some Giants there. They walked out of the bar. They were so pissed off. They they drafted Daniel Jones. They walked out. I just wanted to give you a little uh, a little clap this morning because I know you were very high on him before the draft last year. I'm happy for Daniel. I was uh, I was up in Nashville for the draft working with the ESPN crew, and there was even guys on the on the ESPN crew that I won't even I won't name names that were uh, if they saw a video of themselves. Their reaction to that pick uh, now it would be pretty funny if it if it got out there. But uh, happy for Daniel, he's a really good player. I think what happened uh, with him in New York was that uh, the media got that fan base so riled up into Dwayne Haskins mania that anything other than Dwayne Haskins was going to be a big letdown. So um, it's cool that Daniel's got his opportunity, and every time he's gotten in preseason, you know, now the regular season, he's, he's proved himself. So uh, I think he's on his way to a, having a really good career. So you didn't have to rip Lewis Riddick or Ryan Clark or any of those guys. <laughs> it was a nice job by Hey, Jim, there were a bunch of them, and, and they're saying uh, nice things. All right, Jim, we need your help. It's a little early, and I was hoping we wouldn't have to do this, but uh, Dolphins got three ones and two twos and, uh, and a lot of picks, and obviously your senior bowl is going to be important, but so is this overall quarterback quarterback class you like Tua as the best of this group or is it still open for you for this this class in college right now yeah I think good news for Dolphins fans that it, it is still pretty open I do like Tua living up here in Mobile Alabama I've seen a lot of him um, over his career but you know Justin Herbert from Oregon is going to be in there saw him throw at the Manning Academy this summer uh, there's a junior at, at Utah State that not many people might know about at this point named Jordan Love, who is a really, really natural thrower and athlete. Um, he's going to be in that conversation, I promise you, in April. And then the way Joe Burrow's playing right now, I mean, Joe's made a big jump this year. So I think those, I think those four safely will be in that conversation uh, in the first round come April. Jake Fromm, in there for you or not enough? Yeah, I, I like Jake a lot. So I, I don't mean to hesitate. I, I yeah. love Jake the guy. Um, he's totally the type of guy I'd want, you know, lead my football team. I saw him up there. To, uh, I was in Athens on Saturday for that Notre Dame game, and you know, he's a real dude under center. Uh, teammates love him. He's a leader. You know, and he wins. You know, and there's there's something to be said about that. Is he the biggest guy? Does he have the strongest arm? No, but I think you know, I think a lot of those same things could have been said about Drew Brees coming out, or or you know, people like that. So I do like Jake quite a bit. If he decides to come out, yeah, he will definitely be in that conversation because he's just won a ton of games, and I think the more time he spends around teams and they get to know him, which I've been fortunate enough to spend some time with Jake over the last couple of years. Uh, his trainer trains him here in Mobile, Alabama, in the summer, and. Uh, I think teams will teams will fall in love with him the more time they spend with him. Jim, you've been on the scouting side of the NFL. Help help me on this one. How do I or how do the Miami Dolphins evaluate Tua 
when his wide receivers are so open all the time with one of the most talented groups in the history of college football? You know, it, that's a really good question. And again, that was a little bit of, you try not for it to be a knock, um, but it's very similar to Haskins and Kyler Murray last year. You know, every time those guys took the field, you know, outside of maybe the Michigan game for Haskins, their, their guys were just better than the other people, way better than they lined up against. So that, and that, and that was kind of the hard thing with Daniel Jones is every time he lined up with his people, they were he's lining up with future doctors and accountants and lawyers. <laughs> um, you know, so um, it's going to look it's going to yeah. look a little different. But no, that that group that two has got is uh, you know there's going to be some players out of that receiver group that, that's going to interest the Dolphins too. I mean Jerry Judy, I know the people down there. That's a name that most people are familiar with. Jerry's a great route runner, very similar to Kelvin Ridley and Amari Cooper. I mean they've had a nice little lineage there. And uh, Jerry's kind of the next in line. And then, you know, the, the guy for me that's really intriguing is Henry Ruggs, one of their wide receivers. He plays on every special team. He's the most competitive kid in their program when you talk to the coaching staff up there. And he just ran four two five in the spring at the pro day we were at in March up in Tuscaloosa. So that's, and that's a rare, rare time. In, in 20 years of scouting in the NFL, uh, I can count on one hand how many four twos that I saw. So, and that's untrained. I mean, most of those guys, their senior year, they go off with a you know a sprint coach and they train for the combine and all that stuff. So he just put his hand down and ran. It was uh, it was pretty impressive. Jeez. So that 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 group that group is that group is phenomenal in Tuscaloosa. Jim, we can go over basically every position that the Dolphins need at this point. But what about edge rushers? What about guys on the edge? What about guys that can rush a quarterback? We're having a problem with that down here too. You think it's kind of deep this year because Dolphins have three. First, they have two seconds, two thirds, seven of the first ninety six guys. You're going to ask guys. about the offensive line. No, first. I want to. That, that's that. going to be the la- the end of this. <laughs> arc. Uh, they have seven of the first ninety nine picks, and I'm guessing a couple of those are going to be probably guys to rush the passer. How deep are we looking in this draft so far from what you've seen? Yeah, the good news is it's, a, it's another strong edge group class. You know, last year's class with Bosa and Josh Allen and Rashawn Gary. I mean, there were some really high end guys in last year's class, and this year is really deep as well. You know, I saw one the other night at, at uh, Notre Dame, Georgia, Julian Okwara from. Notre Dame. Uh, you got one right there in your backyard. Trayvon Hill at Miami is a really, really talented kid. You know, if you watch, if you watch the right Virginia Tech games over the last couple of years, he looks like a high round pick. He is super explosive. He just chews up ground off the edge. He's a really intriguing guy. Um, look forward to watching him through the year at Miami. So no, it's a, it's a, it's a really good group. And if they need pass rush, there's, there's going to be plenty for them. Would you consider this, because I was reading CBS Sports and they were saying it's not necessarily a strong quarterback class. Everybody's all over the board. Do you like this overall, this quarterback class coming out this year? Yeah, the four guys I mentioned are all are all legit guys. Okay. I mean, I, I, really like, I really like Jordan Love at, at Utah. Oh. Uh, you know, Justin, Justin Herbert's got all the tools, um, and he's made a jump in his accuracy so far in the first three games of this year that I've seen. You know, and two is two. Everyone's seen Tua. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. And look what Joe Burrow's doing. The guy throws nine touchdowns every week, it seems like. So, um, and he's another, he's like I talked about Jake Fromm. Joe Burrow is a total throwback, you know, coach's son, guy's guy, headbutts his linemen, talks trash to the, you know, opponent. I mean, he's a, he's a really fun player to watch. So, um, yeah, I think this year's quarterback group is really strong. Can I put you on the spot a little bit more? I know I'm hitting this quarterback thing, but I literally go to bed and I dream about which quarterback and try to figure <laughs> out which one. Which one do you like the best, Jim, or is it too early? But can you put your neck out there a little bit right now? 
It, 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 I mean, I hate to do it, but it is, it's early, man. It's, it's the end of September, and there's a lot of football to be played. But they all, I mean, again, when you grade quarterbacks as a scout, they kind of fall in a couple different categories. You, it's kind of your franchise quarterback class that, you know, you're going to win because of that guy. You know, what, he's under center. He's going to give you a chance every year to compete for the playoffs and, and Super Bowls. And then there's the guys we used to call them win-with quarterbacks where, if, you know, if you're good enough around them, you know, you, you, you can maybe win nine or ten games and be competitive with them. So, no, but all the four guys I mentioned, they fit okay. more in that category of guys that, that could really lift a program. All right, Jim, offensive lineman, left tackle, right tackle, a guard. How are we at tackles, Jim? How, yeah, how do the tackles start with the look? tackle position. They're going to need probably both. What do you think there? Yeah, it's lean, fellas. That's unfortunate. Um, there are some there are some good players, uh, you know, in the underclassmen group. There's a junior There's a junior tackle, uh, Thomas at Georgia, who I saw this weekend, and I was talking to one of the coaches on the Notre Dame staff, and he's been at Notre Dame 10 years, and he said of all the opponent tape they've looked at, that kid's the best tackle they've ever they've ever played against. So wow. um, I know he's a re- I know he's a really good one. Um, and just talking to scouts at the game the other night, again I don't I don't have time to look at juniors. I mean I'm looking at you know yeah. 500 seniors for the senior for bowl. Game, so right. if they can't if, if they can't play for our, play in our game, I, I got to get caught up after our game on those guys. But um, in the senior class, it's 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 weaker than last year. We had a really good crew last year. I actually I started work on this year's class after our game last year, um, leading into the draft. And I called some buddies around the league. I'm like, guys, if you need an offensive lineman, take them now because next year's class is, is looking thin. Oof. And uh, you know, like last year on our North squad, um, just for an example, nine of the ten offensive linemen on the North team got taken in the first three rounds, and seven of them are starting right now. Wow. So. Um, it was it was a historically good group last year. Um, we're not going to be as fortunate this year, but again, I think some of the underclassmen talent will boost it a little bit. Jim, who's the top senior you have right now that uh, you're looking at? Uh, is there is there one guy that kind of stands out overall? Yeah, I would say Trey Adams from Washington. Uh, you know, Trey's a guy he's had some he's had some injury history. He, he would have come out last year and uh, he missed all last season and actually came back. He did the opposite. Most most of the guys these days are are sitting out their bowl games. This kid. Actually Actually came back to play in the bowl game and now he he came back for his final year of eligibility so um he's healthy he plays left tackle at washington he's, he's a big strong kid their right tackle from last year caleb mcgarry played in the senior bowl and was a first round pick of the falcons um trey's different trey's more of a left tackle you know caleb was will, will beat you down and he's a really powerful run blocker um, you know, Trey's a little better in pass protection, but right now he'd be the top senior. Listen, I know you, Jim, you were with the uh, Patriots in the scouting department years ago, and you know the, the Belichick system and how he runs the organization. Were you shocked when Antonio Brown first got there and how it all ended up there? Were you just shocked at all? A little bit, but I think when they signed him, you know, we even in my time there, we brought on guys like Corey Dillon and some different guys that, that from the outside looking in had some issues. And again, I, I had no idea. I mean, those guys were pros when I was scouting on the college side. I didn't do those guys coming out of college. I would have known the issues, um, but we took some guys with issues. Um, you know, I mean, they're they're about they're about their culture, and and they think they can change guys, and they have changed guys. They've done a really nice job bringing guys in. I don't think they were aware of the domestic thing. If they if they were, I'd be really surprised they brought him in because I I tweeted something out last week that was, and the only reason I tweeted it was like that was the only that was the absolute deal breaker was you know back when I was there was that there's anything domestic it was a no touch guy he was off the board so if they knew about that I'd be surprised but if not I, it really wouldn't surprise me they've they've done a good job with some uh, reclamation projects in the past Jim you absolutely brought your 
your A game today. I just want to let you know, and you keep this up, you know who's going to keep bugging you. This show in Miami is going <laughs> to keep bugging you, man. Thank you so much for yeah, coming man, on. Keep, Great stuff. Keep calling, and if uh, those Dolphins end up here coaching the game in Mobile, we'd love to have you up here. It's going to be, and all those people down at Miami, I'm telling you, if, if the Dolphins coaching staff ends up here, this is a week-long party. It's the best football experience you will have in terms of getting close to these players. And, you know, Mobile is not a real big city, so you can walk in, walk up and down our main drag, Dolphin Street down here, and, uh, you know, pop in and pop into bars and see your head coach or your GM having a, have a beer with them. I mean, it's a great week. So, so, so you know um, what I think uh, we're going to do? You got me all fired up, so we might take some of our hardcore listeners. We'll come up and do yeah. some shows. Can you do a meet and greet? Are you up for that if we do the whole put this package together up there? Absolutely. We've already Man, been talking to downtown bar owners and we, we look if, if the Dolphins end up there and I hope they don't because Brian Flores is a friend and I they've, they've got a tough situation this year but if they end up here we will we will get you Dolphins we'll get you a bar downtown it'll be Dolphins headquarters and you can you can blow it out all week I like it got to love it NFL week number four of the season not even here yet and we're talking about next year's draft come on Dolphins you got this Joe Rose always doing a great job up next Dan Lebitard's got some ice, ice, baby. This is the best of the Joe show. It's the best of the Joe show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hope you're doing well. I am Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Always got some fun stuff with the day spa and some of the stuff we do here on the best of the Joe show. So check that out one more time. It's at Dan Day Radio. I'm not going to spell it for you. It's real simple. Dan Day Radio. It's real simple. If you're in your car or if you're around your computer and if you're not in jail and you can listen to the radio or to podcast from 10 to 1 weekdays, you got to be listening to Dan Lebitard, legend in Miami, legend all over the world. Earlier today, he and the guys were taking on the Super Bowl halftime show. Should it be Jenny from the block or ice, ice, baby, too cold, too cold. Family dog birthday parties, yay or nay? Birthday song, yay or nay? Greg Cody fancies himself something of a uh, musical snob. He thinks he's got a discerning ear. He thinks he's a good singer. He just said, while knocking J-Lo out of the way, but I'll tell you what they should do. Every time it comes on in my car, I will blare the speakers to Ice Ice Baby. Oh, yeah. they, <laughs> he wants a return of Vanilla Ice. And that would be a great halftime show, the return of Vanilla Ice. Yeah, that song holds up, by the way. Oh, yeah. I think the last that time we flows heard, like a river, that one. The last time we heard from Vanilla Ice, I think he got arrested for stealing things from his neighbor in like a home improvement show that he was working on, right? Greg, when was the last time you were listening to the radio and Ice Ice Baby came out? What station is that? I, um, I'm i a serious XM guy, and I go 60s, 70s, and 80s, probably in that order. Okay, and, so uh, go ahead and put it on the poll. Uh, does Ice Ice Baby hold up enough to be the halftime show oh, of, yeah, of, the, of the Super Bowl? Continuous loop. Instead of J-Lo. <laughs> I want eight minutes of Ice Ice Baby. Once in a while, I drift up to the 90s, by the way, if I'm feeling saucy. Why are you... Down on J Lo. I don't believe that anyone here in Miami would have any great objection to uh, J Lo, but J Lo is not exactly Miami. She just happens to have lived here yeah. the last ten years of her life. She's like New she's, York. she's not Jenny from Miami. Like she's right. Jenny. It's, is she Jenny from the block and the Bronx? Yes. I mean, I feel like J Lo doing the halftime show in Miami would be more of a cultural thing. Like it doesn't have to be Miami, but it would be like let's emphasize Hispanic culture. I don't know that J Lo on her own would do the 
halftime show. I think that she could be like the main attraction on a collaboration of other artists doing the halftime show. And I mean, obviously, I'm biased because I'm from Miami. I'm Hispanic. I like the type of music. But I don't think it would be bad for the halftime show to have a different flair than it normally has. And you have her do it and you have like a Jay Balvin come in or like a Nicky Jam or Pitbull or whatever and just do quick like things here and there. And then you just have to be a fast like quick. Look, it's better than that Maroon 5 and the Troll right. song yeah, or whatever. How much was. better can Miami do? She's from Castle Hill, New York. She's like go. most people in South Florida. She moved down from New York to here. But how much better can we do than J-Lo? <laughs> that mean- is, that's true. That is exactly how it works. When you get old, like J-Lo is, because she's my age, when you get old, you move from New York to Miami. Oh. And, and you just fill, you've, not our happy hours, you fill our, you know, cheap uh, old person person dining at 3.30. She is a very different your age than you are your age, though, Dan. No offense. Like, J-Lo is not in the same stratosphere as you are. I'm just saying that, that old people move from New York uh, to Miami <laughs> when they get old and want to get out of the cold, and she's my age. You do with that information what you want. The birth certificates are say what they say. There's not a lot of room for nuance on it. When are the Oscars? Because we could have a situation where there's an Academy Award winner performing at the halftime. What a year for J-Lo. That's huh? what I was... Dude, Ugh. 2020 could be the best year for... J-Lo could have the best year of any celebrity had in any year ever. She could be the halftime oh. performer. She could win an Oscar. She could marry A-Rod. And then there's season oh, three. Oh, and then she could have oh. season three of World of Dance. First of all, you're speeding up their relationship. Second of all, A-Rod's the one who won in that particular transaction. I'm saying hypothetically, yeah, really. they could get married. That, yes. Imagine a year, though. Imagine that year year. I think A-Rod's had a better year. Hustlers, the movie. People are saying that she's going to win uh, She's going to win an Oscar for that. Well, possibly. Look, here's the thing. We now have a timeline. Let me fast forward you to February 2020. I don't know who the teams are playing, but J-Lo takes the stage on February 2nd, 2020, Sun Life Stadium or whatever it's called right now. <laughs> a week later, she flies across the country and wins an Academy Award. Wow. What a week for her, huh? <laughs> now imagine a month after that, they get married. Wow, what a... Gosh. That wedding is going to be funny, right? That wedding is going to have, like, camels and uh, God knows what, helicopters, submarines. Think we're invited? Or? Probably not. <laughs> what do you mean? Why would you think we're invited? Here's the I thing. you were tight with this, this is how Stugatz <laughs> makes everything about him. This is, uh, like, <laughs> we're uh, he's just always angling for where's the situation where I can be near A-Rod and J-Lo. Uh, Stugatz was seething before the show. As Greg Cody is yelling and screaming, about why is J-Lo the halftime show? It needs to be Ice Ice Baby. Stugatz is doing the most Stugatzian of things, which is being jealous that Mike Francesa and some others have a cameo in Adam Sandler's new movie. And so he's just <laughs> railing against, like, why am I not in this? Why I, It should be me, not Mike Francesa. The movie's called Uncut Gems. I think Francesa has, like, a main role in the movie. Him and Kevin Garnett. KG. No. How about that? No, no, no. That's what Mike Francesa would like you to believe, because he was walking everybody through on his show exactly what's going on. He's like, it's a role written for me. I'm not even playing Mike Francesa. I'm an actor in this movie. I was in two scenes, and it took 13 hours to film. I really want to see what Mike Francesa does because I feel like he's just Mike Francesa going by a different name. Because what could Mike Francesa... I don't know the man personally, but I don't think that he has great acting chops. He's going by the name Anthony in the film. What do you, what do you think Anthony's <laughs> Anthony role Francesa. is? Billy, why is it that every time I mention Francesa, just you have so just excited. recently heard him say something on this him. show? How much Francesa are you listening to? Why? Why are you listening to it? And when is one of your alter egos going to infiltrate that show? Oh, man, 
that's the dream. That really is. <laughs> Him and Russo, separate occasions. What do you mean one day? Just call in. You what are you waiting for? What do you wait? You're just, you're, you keep doing all this advanced scouting. Get in there. Why are you listening to Mike Francesa's show so much? Because it's a good show. He's the best, the Pope. That's how I learn about New York sports. I went to a family member's birthday party for a dog. Oh, God. So it was a doggy birthday party. People do that? People do that. That's That was one of the questions. People do that. Is that the mark. first one of those you've been to? The first doggy birthday I've been to uh, on Sunday. Right. Good thing it was out of the brewery, so you know you can have a couple beers and stuff. But there was like 37. So imagine a kid's birthday party, but just full of dogs. So there's 37 <laughs> dogs what? in the back. Wow. And I'm trying to walk around. There's little dogs running everywhere. What? Dog's birthday, first birthday. His name is Louie. <laughs> I hope it was also your last. I mean, you're not going to another one no, of those. No, can't. Yeah. We should sing Punch happy birthday face. to Louie. So the issue was they bring all the dogs around. He's got a doggy cake that they have him singing happy birthday. And then all the dogs are kind of just like being held by their owners, like looking around like, why are we doing this? We sang happy birthday to Louie, mm-hmm. like humans to the dog. Aww. And then he just took a piece of the doggy cake. It wasn't even cake for everybody. It was cake specifically for dogs. Now, is this a rescue dog? Because I, I No, argue... he was not a rescue dog. Okay, so he is a purchased dog. Not okay. a comfort dog no, either? It does, no. the, the difference is is that some people like, give their dogs birthdays. It's like, you don't know when this dog was really That's born. another fact. Yeah. Like, what, what do you, like, you, you, you know were there, roughly. You, you were the midwife for this dog to come out and yes. be like, hey, yeah. this is our dog. Here it is. No, wrong. This seems like this is exclusive to white people. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I don't think it's I... It's Hispanic. I, you know, let's get it straight. Is it, it Hispanic? I've never heard of He was this. a Hispanic dog. I, well, oh. So he was Luis. He wasn't Louis. Why'd you make him Louis? He's Luis. Um, Louis the nickname. <laughs> Allison, what, this is not about... I, I want to stay on the dog birthdays. I've not heard of this. Put it on the poll, please, at Levitard Show. Have you ever been to a dog's birthday party? And did you know there was such a thing as a dog's birthday party? But Allison's objection is to what? Having it sung at you or participating? Oh, you love fun. birthdays. You're always buying cakes. No, 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 no. Allison, she hates Allison, Allison you remember, you're the one who remembers everyone's birthday around here. You're the one who remembers every time to get the cake to make sure that someone feels special on their birthday. If you, done, if you do not do that, no one here would celebrate a birthday. I didn't get a cake. I did. I wasn't here. Thank you. Um, I don't like the song. The song's stupid. The Agreed. song sucks. Wow. Agreed. It's annoying. Agreed. And I don't care for my own birthday. I don't want... And I think you should be done with birthday parties. They asked me this last week. I mean... Seven, eight. I mean, what? why are you having what? birthday parties That's after that age? That's really dumb. Can I throw a birthday topic out to the room? No. How do you guys feel about half birthdays? Because that's become oh, a please. thing also. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, it's because my daughter, is her birthday is December 22nd. So me and my wife, we've just had the discussion of potentially one day, like, what, are we going to have a birthday party on the 24th and Christmas is the next day? Like, maybe a June little mid-birthday? Yeah, and that discussion. A mid-birthday party. It's done. I did that with Thanksgiving for several years right in right in the middle of the year like six months after i love this thanksgiving yes. we would do the turkey and the whole thanksgiving thing. is True. worthy of a second yeah. thanksgiving Thank you, you were right a birthday not but right. thanksgiving is certainly worthy yeah, yes. every time you yes. have a turkey you're like why do we just have this once a year come on well i don't know what i'm gonna do because claire's birthday is on thanksgiving this year that hurts okay. no it doesn't you needed to plan her, better you give her presents that's it you right. don't give people it's thanksgiving presents right. what is this is not the same thing this is apples to bananas here so my biggest issue with the happy birthday song is i don't like it being sung to me either put yourself in the shoes right you're yeah here, it's amazing you're sitting there in front of some sort of haphazard cake right that somebody brought you from somewhere 
So you're sitting there, and then just like, what do you do when people are singing "Happy Birthday"? Do you do the clap? Do you yes. kind of like that's actually an awkward time. No, 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 like, no, yeah, no it's, it's my not birthday. At all. No, not at all. You can kind of mouth Horrible. the words. You don't want to actually be singing. You I bet you your dad. <laughs> I bet you your dad, Chris, loves being sung "Happy Birthday" because there's nothing Greg Cody loves more than being the center of everyone's song. Right. Yes, I do love that. <laughs> I, the, the the song is great, and I'll explain that in a second. But the word, the only bad thing about the "Happy Birthday" song is when, like, if people are serenading me, half of the people there are going to say. Greg and half of the people there are going to say dad and so it comes out happy birthday dear grad you yeah. know it sounds weird <laughs> always that moment of tension yeah, yeah because yeah. there's no acknowledgement yeah. you know you yeah. don't pre you don't organize no one's organized right uh, exactly. <laughs> grad, my know. favorite thing to do is when i when people are singing and there's a nice bass going i like to be the guy who riffs so it's happy birthday to you. Cha cha cha. No, you don't cha cha cha. How old are you? Oh god. No, he did not. No. That is the true Dan the man here on 560 Joe Dan Lebetard. I'm just Dan Day. I come to you every weekday from 5 to 7 with this Best of the Joe show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station. Remember, you can download the podcast at our website, wqam.com, radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcasts for absolutely free. But up next, Stephen A. Smith. Dude, just a preacher. He preaches the truth, too. You'll hear it next as he takes phone calls from fans. It's the Best of the Joe show. Back with the best of the Joe show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I happen to be Dan Day. Thanks for joining us. Stephen A. Smith, he always lets callers in. That's one of my favorite things about radio, talking to the listeners, and he's doing just that right here. Taking those phone calls, covering John Gruden, being off the hook, at least for now, the NFC North, watch out for Aaron Rodgers, and hope for the Browns. Let's go to Aaron. You're live with Stephen A. Talk to me, Aaron. What's up? Stephen A., uh, the Raiders threw $100 million at uh, John Gruden. I can't imagine they were throwing it at the wall, but he bungled the Khalil Mack situation, and he's now bungled the uh, Antonio Brown situation. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop right there. Stop right there. Stop, 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 stop. Two things in fairness to John Gruden. A, he wanted to go to the offensive route. He's an offensive guy. Um, he got rid of Khalil Mack. He got rid of Amari Cooper, who's a number one receiver. Didn't understand that one, okay, and and kept Derek Carr, okay. In the case of Antonio Brown, I am not blaming anybody for that but Antonio Brown. Nobody could have predicted that kind of behavior. When have we seen it before, Aaron? When have we seen it before? But what I do blame him for is letting Antonio Brown get all that public and not pursuing it. What are you talking he about? He let Antonio Brown play him like a fool. He made the Raiders look like fools for signing him in the first place well, well, when well, they weren't. He was soft. The Patriots you, the- you can make that argument. He was soft in handling Antonio, but that was probably because of the commitment that he made to him, and he wanted to exhaust all options necessary. Uh, but nobody could have predicted that Antonio Brown was going to act that way, who, by the way, is now enrolled in online classes at his alma mater, Central Michigan, by the way. Let's make sure we give him a round of applause for pursuing his education. Also, he can act uneducated when he wants to. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, that's true. And you can't blame John because even after all that, the Patriots turned around and still signed Antonio Brown. So none of that must have been detractors from signing such a talent. But what's it going to take for the for the Oakland Raiders? What level of unsuccess does it take for the Oakland Raiders to give John Gruden the boot? Well, I don't know. He's not going anywhere. 
you gave him a hundred million dollars. You stuck with John Gruden. You for stuck ten with years. You just got probably, keep him around for ten years. I'm, I'm just saying, maybe not ten years, but you're gonna be stuck with him for the next several years. You gave him a hundred million dollars. Gave him a hundred million dollars, and John Gruden is synonymous with the Raiders. And you're gonna move to Las Vegas. John Gruden ain't going no damn place for the time being. You can get over that dream. Appreciate the call though. Thank you. Let's go to Mitch. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Mitch? Hey, Stephen A. How you doing, bud? I'm all right. Go ahead, man. Hey, uh, just want to get your opinion here on who you think is going to win the NFC North. I personally think it's between the Vikings and Green Bay, but just kind of want to get your thoughts on that. I'm going to go with Green Bay. Here's why I'm going to go with Green Bay. They got the number two ranked defense in the NFL. For a change, Aaron Rodgers has a defense. He hasn't been great. Only complete 61% of his passes. Uh, he's got four touchdowns, no interceptions on the season. The QBR 46. He has been less than stellar, no doubt about it. But how long do we think that's going to last? We don't think that's going to last long with Aaron Rodgers, right? Meanwhile, your competition is Mitchell Trubisky and Kirk Cousins. Who do you think I'm picking? No, I, I, I completely understand that. But you do have to admit in that game two weeks ago, the Vikings and Green Bay, if they would have ran the ball Dalvin Cook on the goal line when they were in first and goal, they would have won that game. Maybe they so. Shut them down. Maybe so. But the fact of the matter is the Vikings find ways to lose. And that's usually the case with Kirk Cousins, who had an absolutely awful game. And you know that. Regardless of their chances, the fact of the matter is the biggest reason they had a chance is because Kirk Cousins played like trash. When, when do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the bad man that you're always talking about? A few weeks. He's there with Matt LeFleur. And they got to figure it out. They got to get on the same page. That's all. Once that happens, watch what Aaron Rodgers does. I'm not worried about it in the slightest. Appreciate the call. Zorita, you're live with Stephen A. Hi, Stephen A. Smith. How are you? How are you doing? I'm amazing. I think you are the cat's meow. I watch you in the morning. I'm listening to you now at work. My coworker said I would never get through to you. And look, I got through to you. Yes, you did. Congratulations. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. How may I help you? What's on your mind? Well, just a quickie. Don't hang up on me because I know you're quick to do that to people. The AV thing, I think that there's more to come with it. There are other athletes that have done worse. And because there are two sets of rules, and you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. I think that you guys are being a little tough, understanding that there are other people before him, and I'm sure after him, that will do the same. If not well, time out, time out, time out, time out. I think that here's the here's the difference, that, and I'd like you to comment once I finish. I think the difference, what you're missing about my disgust with Antonio Brown, is that we're talking usually about people who hurt themselves, blow their money, get themselves in trouble, do those kind of things. The kind of stuff that he has done, he's hurt other people. Um, Mike Tomlin threw him under the bus, backstabbed his teammate Juju Smith-Schuster, called Ryan Clark and Uncle Tom, acted like a, a, a belligerent child with the, with the whole uh, helmet issues, following not one but two grievances against the NFL over helmet issues that was never an issue because they had put in the locker rooms five years in advance that they would be changing the helmets in this particular upcoming season, which he knew well in advance, okay? You got all of that going on. Then he threatens a general manager, calls him out of his name, and threatens to punch him in the face, okay? Then, he, you know, he stands John Gruden up for a meeting, and then when the agent, Drew Rosenhaus, gets him on the phone, um, he secretly tapes himself and John Gruden talking and posts the damn thing on YouTube. Those are the kind of things, Sarita, I'm talking about. You could talk about people may have done worse in terms of criminal activity or whatever the case may be. But by and large, 
And we're certainly not talking about those involved with domestic violence issues because clearly they harmed other people and they shouldn't have been in the league either, to be quite honest with you. But when you really, really look at it, the bottom line is the issue in question is that Antonio Brown has hurt himself. I mean, he's hurt other people. He hasn't hurt himself. And I think that's why you see the level of disgust aimed in his direction. And I think, like I said, there's more to come with his story. I think there are other issues, maybe psychological, that are going to come to pass. And I think that people should take that into account. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, Zarita. Are you are you a black woman? I am. If you if 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 a white guy was in the National Football League and he was expressing or displaying some of the same issues, would you be as understanding and using CTE mental issues or whatever the case may be to explain away his behavior? Yes, because mental issues have nothing to do with color. Right. I agree with you. But you do understand that most people aren't as fair-minded as you and I, right? That is true. We're amazing people. So there yeah. you go. There we go. Zarita, call back anytime. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you so taking much. Thank you for call. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Zarita did have a lovely voice, John. I must admit that. She had a wonderful, wonderful voice. Look, nice talking to her. Jared, you're live with Stephen A. What's up? Hey, Stephen A., man. I just want to talk to you about my Browns, man. Uh, I watched the game Sunday, and I just want to know what's going through uh, Freddie Kitchens' mind, man. He ran a draw on fourth and nine. Don't understand what he was doing that for. And then we get down on the goal line. I think we were on the sixth or seventh uh, yard line. He didn't run the ball not one time. With he didn't run the ball not one time. But, but, but what did I tell all of you Browns fans out there? I told y'all, second-year head coach, I'm sorry, second-year quarterback, rookie head coach. I, I actually think that Freddie Kitchens is going to end up doing a really good job. I, I'm not betting my money against him. I like his personality. I, I, I like, uh, you know, I, I don't think that he's uh, he lacks knowledge about football. But the reality of the situation is he's looked like a, a, a rookie coach in the first three games. He's made a comedy of errors, which would bring you uh, to the conclusion that he didn't have this team as prepared as they needed to be. Uh, they're one of the, they're one of, if not the league leaders in penalties. They had six pre-snap penalties in Sunday night's game against the Rams. Baker Mayfield's out there running for his life. You're not protecting him. And so, and not only that, as a, as a former offensive coordinator, you work with the quarterback. Uh, that's probably why you got the job. You don't know to get the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. You don't know that. I mean, what is there to say? Yeah, I understand. What I just don't understand is where where is he getting his play calling from? If he, that's why I understand. Uh, John Dorsey picked him or whatnot to get the job, and then it's only, it's only three play- games into the job, buddy. It's only three games into the job. It it has not been impressive. He's made some mistakes, but it's only three games. That's yeah, all I'm saying. The is the line though. I got you. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Oren, you're live with Stephen A. What's up? Hey, what's up, Stephen A.? How you doing, you? man? I'm all right. I've had better days when it comes to being a Steelers fan. I'll tell you that much. Well, Go ahead. I'm going to tell you, I feel your pain. Born in L.A. Longton, Queens. I was born a year after you, October 15, 1968. Lifelong Knicks fan, Yankee fan, and a Steelers fan. So when mm-hmm. you talk, I feel your pain, my brother. Yeah. Fully. But I wanted to ask you, We I heard you talk about Mike Tomlin earlier. One, do you think if this season goes belly up, are they going to keep Mike Tomlin around? And two, what do you see us the Steelers doing this season? I think the Steelers keep him around because they lost Big Ben Roethlisberger. I think right. if Big Ben Roethlisberger had not gotten hurt and the team looked this way, I think Mike Tomlin could have been in some trouble. But in light of the fact that Antonio Brown with his shenanigans and clearly them knowing what they had to deal with now that that problem is gone, 
Le'Veon Bell, no holdout. He's no longer there. Big Ben Roethlisberger injury keeps him out for the entire season. I think because of that, you look at what Mike Tomlin has to work against and you say, okay, I would bring him back for next year, although I'm not going to be comfortable with what we're doing. I'm hoping that he'll be able to stir this ship in the right direction. Gotta go. That's going to about do it for the best of the Joe Show. I'm Dan Day. I am running out of here. Tuesday nights, 9 o'clock, Duffy's in Plantation right there on University. I host Trivia Night. I want you to come on out, play some trivia. We'll have some beers. We'll eat some food. We'll have a great time. Of course, you can always hear more of the podcasts, whether it be this show, Joe Rose, Dan Lebetard, Stephen A. Smith, Hockman and Crowder. They're on from 3 to 6 weekdays right here on 560 Joe by going to our website, WQAM.com, downloading the radio.com app, or going to wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free and downloading. Not to mention, you can go to our Twitter page at 560 The Joe. Follow me on Twitter. I think I'm interesting. My mom says I'm cool. At Dan Day Radio. Going to be back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, right here for the best of the Joe show. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.